Hi, and welcome back to First Gen Friends, a podcast to amplify the voices of those who grew up first generation in a country that sometimes didn't feel like their own home. We're telling the stories of people who had to adjust, learn, and face adversity along the way. They'll talk about how they overcame challenging times, but can laugh about it today. And also just be thankful for those experiences because today they're living their own version of the American dream. On today's episode of First Gen Friends, I'm interviewing a fellow coworker who currently resides in Canada, but is from New York, but was born in Peru. I'm so excited for you to hear more about her experiences moving around, but fair warning, this episode was a hard one for me. You'll notice I don't really talk too much, which is a shocker because I talk a lot, but I had to just let her speak and I had to let her tell her story and I had to let her give her truth. She faced a lot of challenges living in America as an undocumented person and left her family behind in hopes for a better life of freedom and a better opportunity for education. I'm so grateful to her for sharing her story and being so vulnerable. It gives insight to what millions of families and people go through on a daily basis for a better life and to have the same opportunities as we do as Americans, just because we were lucky enough to be born in this country. This is Gabby. I'm Gabby. I currently live in Kitchener, Ontario, but I'm originally from Peru, was born there until the age of 10, and then I immigrated to New York, so I lived there for the majority of my life, so my formative years, and then I ended up in Canada, and I'm currently uh, working as a product support specialist for Shopify Logistics and part-time as a personal trainer coach. So when you moved here, did you, you only knew... Spanish, I'm assuming, because your both your parents spoke Spanish, and like, were you in school learning English, or what was that like for you? So I have very vague memory when anything below ten, um, it was just I, it's a blur. However, I was in a school where I learned English and French. But fun fact, I only actually remember the word banana and octopus when I moved to New York, so that wasn't very helpful. <laughs> the only English words you knew? The only English words I knew and were banana and octopus. And honestly, that wasn't going to get me very far. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, you learn most of it once you got here and you were in school? Yes, that's right. So I was very thankful that, so I arrived at White Plains, New York, and I was very thankful that I had a lot of family already living there. So I landed there with my mom. And I went to a program called the Newcomer Center, which basically allowed me to learn English within a time frame before joining um, elementary school. And I learned English in about six months. And I'm really going to give it all, give all the credit to Harry Potter because I was very much into Harry Potter. And I went to the library so much, got every single book, every single audiobook, and I listened to it till probably I ignored my mom. But that's, I think the majority of my English came from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I feel like a lot of my English that I learned also came from just fictional characters or watching TV. Because I don't know about you, but my mom had me watching telenovelas at like five years old. So I knew all the drama and like how to react to things very dramatically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then oh, my, yes. my actual like 
cartoons that I would watch would be like Hey Arnold or Arthur or just like any yes. show that was on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. But were you reading those books in, in English or were you listening to them and trying to follow along? I was listening to them in English and trying to follow along. Honestly, I don't know what my comprehension level was at that moment in time, but I do remember having like a stack of books and it wasn't just only Harry Potter. We go to the library a lot, um, but we also didn't have a TV. And okay. so until the time that we actually did, it was yes, those late night shows when my mom was away working, um, Cartoon Network, Nick Jr., all of those like Disney Channel shows that were on. Yes, those are my jam. Thank you for subtitles because otherwise I don't, I wouldn't have known what the storyline was at all. <laughs> so, and I have to ask, do you identify as a Canadian or an American? Like when people ask you, what do you, do you go into the whole story or just like, oh, I'm this? Um, honestly, I personally identify as American, mainly because most of my memories are from living in New York. My background is Peruvian and I hold that to my heart and I am Peruvian American. I don't identify as Canadian just because there are so many differences here and I haven't hit those big milestones as you're growing up. So I guess most of the time I do tend to go into the whole story or I just say I lived in New York. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was it like growing up in New York, you know, going from Peru to New York? Oh, man, I remember vividly the day that I landed in New York. I was wearing a yellow, like, think like Winnie the Pooh, like yellow jacket and just like really wide leg jeans and like some sort of like weird white sneakers that I was wearing. And I remember landing in white plains at my cousin's house just being like, whoa, they are so different. <laughs> But I had no idea what I was going, what I what I had signed myself up to. I mean, I knew that I was going to be living with my cousins, whom I had known for obviously all of my life. But other than that, I I actually struggled a lot at the beginning. I was put into this program to learn English, and obviously, I was coming from Peru with very little things. Um, not like I even had very much growing up. So I grew up in a less than or low income um, part of town in Lima, Peru. Um, so I got bullied a lot for not having a, like many outfits. I would repeat and I had this like very cute shirt with like two cats that I would wear over and over again just because I really liked it and it made me feel like I was at home. Um, but yeah, English, I felt like I picked it up so quickly, mainly because I just wanted to be with my cousins who were in the same age range and go to elementary school and explore. And I was so excited to be somewhere else. But I didn't realize how much my life was going to be different in comparison to my peers. Um, growing up, you don't really notice what those changes would have been other than obviously I had to like watch out for myself as my mom was going to work. She worked a lot at my cousin's restaurant. She later then started cleaning houses. And my mom's profession, by the way, is she is a, um, she delivers babies. She used to deliver babies and she used to do it at my house. And she was, she is a wonderful, wonderful person. However, when we joined in the States, like you kind of just take any job that you can get and to earn money. So, that was her profession. And I didn't realize how much I was going to be impacted by her move, her immigration status. And it wasn't until I was in middle school 
and high school, like eighth grade, ninth grade, when people start talking about like, oh, why do you think you're going to go to college? But nothing's set in stone. So you're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, but when it comes to like PSAT time and like SAT time, you really start like thinking, okay, where do I want to go? And having those conversations with my mom were like, yeah, so you might not really go anywhere or if you do it might have to be local and the reason behind that was that we had lived most of our life undocumented and it was something and it, it still is something that i that is very scary and very i don't know like not liberating to think about i mean i'm in a country where you know, you think about the American dream and you think about all these endless possibilities and all the things that I can learn and all the things that I can do, but I couldn't do all those things and I couldn't see all those places and my mom and I couldn't really do all those things either. So I, I realized that one, I couldn't go to a four-year college as I wanted to. I wasn't going to be able to apply for loans. Um, it, I come from a um, single parent household. So it was just my mom and knowing all of these things, like what, I was only 16, 17, learning about all these things and like all these things that were in my head, the pressure of, you know, going to college and realizing that I couldn't. So then I would work so much so I could afford college and help out my mom. And knowing that I had so much more potential to do more than just more than just to go to a community college nearby, it would, it really, did a lot in my mind. And I, I guess at that moment in time, I didn't realize how much it had done. And now about 10 years later, it's like, I look back and I'm like, I underwent so many heavy things without properly digesting it and without properly giving myself time to, I don't know, just live and be like an actual teenager. So growing up in New York, although it was beautiful, the amount of people that I met, the amount of yummy food that I digested and the places and like going to the city, I was only about like 30 minutes away from the city, like on the express train, being, being able to have that as like my high school experience, like that is freaking cool. But on the downside of those things is I didn't, really get to experience like that college life or like what else are you going to do after college or where are you going to travel this summer? Um, nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going to go anywhere because I'm probably going to be working at my cousin's restaurant, um, getting all the money that I can get. So, yeah. Did you like at what age did you realize the, your immigration status? Right. Because I feel like when you're a kid, that's not something we know about unless someone tells us about it. Honestly, my mom was very transparent. I think when I was about 12, she start, started setting down some expectations. But to me, like at 12, what am, what am I going to think about that? Like, there's nothing. I was no different than my peers. So yeah. it didn't really come into play until like, I don't know, people started getting their first job and getting your license. So it wasn't even drive legally. So that's when it really started to set in how I was slowly becoming very, very different from everyone else. Where I was, I felt like I was just like everyone else. There was, you know, next door was a person from Puerto Rico, the people who lived 
in front of us were from Chile and anywhere that I moved, anyone and everyone spoke Spanish. So there was, it definitely felt really, really comfortable. But living in White Plains where in the suburbs, there is that differentiation of those who have a lot more money than you and then those who live around the block like you. So there, there is that differentiation, but there, I also found comfort in knowing that if I could talk about the food that I liked, people would be like, yeah, I freaking love ceviche. Lomo Saltado is so good. And then we can talk about like empanadas and like all of that type of food. It just felt so like, yes, community. My mom had like an entire, has an entire group of friends like at the church, the community center, everywhere, everywhere. There is that sense of community. How did that impact, like how did all these changes? Cause you were in Peru and then you were in New York and then in Canada and then back and like, how did that all impact your mental health, but also your idea of like stability? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when I left New York, as I had mentioned earlier, I lived in New York as an undocumented person. Right. And um, the reason why I left, the main, main reason um, was because I hated feeling like I was in jail. I could walk up, you know, I can go left, right, up, down. But then the moment that I left, I was no longer allowed back. So it was a huge decision that I made at the age of 19 to leave. And if I was going to leave, I wasn't going to be able to come back. And I made that decision because I had finished my two years at community college and I really wanted to um, go to a four-year college, but we just couldn't afford it. It's just so out of our reach with my mom's income. Um, so I wanted, and I really wanted to go to medical school. Like that was my, my dream. I wanted to become a doctor. And we realized that maybe if I'd gone to Peru, then this could be free and I could, or if we had to pay anything it would be very little. Um, deciding to leave was very hard, but ultimately I, I decided to leave because I wanted to be free and I wanted to feel like I, I could go anywhere and I wanted to have the endless opportunities and possibilities that everyone else had. So I left in January 14 of 2014 and I said goodbye to my mom for 10 years. I mean, just saying that and reminding myself that it's been almost eight years. So I've got, I think a year and a half left to go. I was hit with a ban. Um, I have a 10 year ban on me and one year and a half um, until I finish it. But it's been that long since I haven't been able to see my mom. It's hard, it's hard. So that was, I mean, at the beginning it was like so exciting, you know, like I get to leave and I, you know, I haven't, I've been stuck in this one place for so long and I get to experience life. But for so long, it was just my mom and I, you know, like living life and she is my best friend and it's like losing someone without truly and physically losing them. Having, and I'm so thankful for technology and the main reason also why I work in tech right now is because without it, my mom and I wouldn't have been able to keep in touch all this time. My major milestones, all of those things that happen outside of leaving there. So depression was one of those big ones and realizing that, you know, 
I needed, I'm, I was going to need help <laughs> regardless of me being who I was, but also the fact mm -hmm. that I made a huge decision uh, really impacted me. It made me really, really sad. There were some times where I'm like, oh, I wish I had my mom here. And then realizing that um, I made a decision and this is just what happens. It's, it's something that it's not unique to myself and it's something that many undocumented immigrants in the States have to undergo and it, it's, it doesn't stop happening. I am one of millions and millions of stories of people who've had to make decisions like this or continue to live there in the same situation. So in terms of a mental health, yeah, it wasn't great, but we're working yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. I think that living in the melting pot that New York is, I think there are so many more accessible resources that mm -hmm. I'm able to find here in Canada. I think the, yeah. although there is many similarities in terms of immigration, refugees, etc., the stories are a little bit different. And mm -hmm. when I mention my story to folks here, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's, it's like, oh, I, I know many others who have experienced this as well. So other than therapy, which I, it's wonderful. I think resources are, are not the same or haven't been fully developed to help folks like us. It is incredibly unfortunate, like regardless of like similar to you having a one way ticket, staying safely, there are stories in which, you know, that isn't the option because it's not accessible. It's not easy to get a visa, you know, for a certain period of time. And then you just have to cross the river, have to, you know, rely on people and hope and pray that they don't, you know, lead you the wrong way and that you actually get successfully across the border but seeing those stories of friends that I've had who have had to do that is heartbreaking. What were some of your big dreams? I, I knew that I wanted to prove a certain group of people wrong, I think, because I was bullied a lot in school. I was bullied sometimes within family groups. I wanted to prove someone wrong that I was going to get to the top and whatever top that meant to me and at that point in my life the top was I had become really obsessed with wanting to go to medical school um, my mom was in the healthcare field um, my, my father is also so I really wanted to do that and I wanted to prove people wrong and I knew that I could and I, it was just going to take me a while because of the lack of resources that I had. So proving people wrong, getting out of this square that I felt like I couldn't move out of and became my soul and only motivator to also get out of New York. Um, yeah, that was, that was it. And, and obviously making sure that I could make my mom proud, that all of the efforts that she had put into getting us from point A to point B hadn't gone to waste. And my mom is the type of person that never told me like what I needed to go to, like go to school for. She probably didn't even care that I like finished high school. Like she didn't care about any of that. She just wanted me to do what I wanted to do and that I was happy doing it. So there was never a point in my life that I remember my mom telling me, you have to 
do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. My mom, she's like, whatever, you know, whatever makes you feel happy. She never, you know, reprimanded me from doing things that, um, that were different per se. So I think, I think at this point, I think I've reached a lot of those things and I'm very proud. And so is my mom. I honestly would love to wrap our younger selves in a warm, warm blanket and just say, it's going to be okay. And you know what, with podcasts like this and hearing other people's stories, that's probably what I needed at that point in my life. That's hearing voices of successful people who have made it to whatever that means would have helped my younger self so much because I think there were points in time where I I didn't think I was going to make it out. I was, I thought that I was going to fit into the stereotype where I remember walking into a hospital one day and I said I had a stomach ache and I was like, what? Early teens had just gotten my period not too long ago and the doctor assumed that I was pregnant. And I was like, what? You're assuming that I'm pregnant? I'm 15? This is a joke. So like we fall into these weird stereotypes that people have decided to put us on and it's like, you are my motivator, but I hate that you were my motivator in life. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wish I could take care of her. And uh, I just had my friend Danica on here. And to your point, exactly. Like, I wish I had people who looked like me who were normal and successful, right? Like, I had Jennifer Lopez. Like, she was a great motivator. Right. <laughs> I didn't, you know, it wasn't stardom I was looking for. It was just someone to relate to that um wasn't someone that told me I couldn't I couldn't make it because I feel like I got a lot of that growing up like you're not going to be able to get to college you're not going to be able to graduate high school like just the stupidest things that I would hear and I believe them you do start to believe it and you do start thinking that they're right it's not good for your mental health I think we could have avoided a lot of these things um if there were things like this as a research resource for younger younger us to listen to and Mm -hmm. to you know rely on like hey i I, yes i'm not looking for stardom i don't want to be a celebrity i just want to be a a normal human being and i just want to do cool stuff in life you know yeah that was deep (laughs) that was a lot to unpack So I do have one more question, though. Do you feel like when you were a kid, you know, you had this big dream about having something when you grew up? For example, for me, one of them that I remember was like, I just want my own room. Like, I want my own room so I could put all my clothes in the middle of the room and just make a mess, right? Because I had to share a room. Now I do have my own room. Uh, I share it with my husband, but it's still like our own space. And it's really nice to feel safe and have privacy uh so I think that was one of the big things that like for me I I need it so curious if you had something similar you know what I'm gonna have to copy you on that because yes I lived at my cousin's house for the majority of our time there in the states but we hopped to different random people's houses and like lived in a tiny room my mom and I shared a bed shared everything we couldn't be more up each other's asses, literally. <laughs> um, 
and sharing bathrooms and the fact that I sometimes I would literally have to hold it in until somebody left that bathroom and having to, you know, go to the bathroom under this schedule was rough. I have made it. I have made it because although, yes, I also share my space with my husband, it is how I want it to be. The only person that I'm nagging to leave the bathroom is my husband. And you know what? This is my space. I get to share it with my husband, my cats, but this was my decision. I get to make a mess, but I also get to keep it as tidy as I want. And that is my idea of achieving my dream. And although I didn't get my American dream, and you know what? That American dream is whatever you want it to be. Um, and although I also didn't get to be a doctor, you know what? I'm actually doing something that I love much more than I thought I loved that. I am in a space where I'm given all this, all this opportunity to be creative. Um, I made it and I, I, get, I get to have my own bathroom. Thank you so much. This was so lovely. I'm so happy that I got to meet you. I'm so happy that you were vulnerable today and sharing your story. Uh, I think it's definitely going to impact a lot of people. So thank you. I, I seriously appreciate it very much. This makes me so happy. Um, I'm glad that you're giving the space for people to listen and for people to speak their truth. So oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've been enjoying my podcast, feel free to go ahead in the Spotify app and give it a like and a follow. Thanks, guys. See you next time.